And I have to say that sometimes I had to ask myself, am I missing him or am I afraid of the unknown? If that's you, I just want you to know you're not alone. Welcome to the lab where your second half is your best half. If you're a woman in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or beyond, and you're ready to create a wild second half that makes you feel energized and alive, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Ann Barber, and I'm going to share with you inspiration as well as interviews and real-life transformation from women just like you who are unapologetically living a fulfilling second half. The second half of your life is an invitation to spark a new version of yourself. So let's get started. Hello, my friend. This episode is for empty nesters, and it can range anywhere between someone that is seeing empty nesting up ahead, or especially right now with the kids going away to college, you may be a newbie or a couple years in, and you really want to know how you can better navigate this phase of your life to really benefit you. Empty nesting initially can feel like a season where one can feel lost, confused, lonely, worried, and then filled with like a lot of questions like, what now? Where do I fit in? Is this it for me? You know, and I can relate to that because those were the feelings I experienced in 2014 when my son Dylan went off to college, as you know, have one child and everything kind of ended all at one time between his sports and the quietness in the home. It just, just stopped. And then I experienced it again in 2020 when he moved to Texas for a promotion. So when we enter this empty nest phase, you'll see a lot of advice because I would seek out advice because I was that one that saw it coming up ahead and being a single mom with one child, I knew I better prepare myself for this, right? Because I just spent the last 18 years like you with a lot of noise in the house because it wasn't just one child. It was always, it was one child in all of his friends, right? Like, so in his sports and his, and his schooling and all of that. So I knew I had a kind of like that insight that you better get prepared for this girl. So I went seeking, knowing that as a single mom with one child, this was going to hit me all at one time. So I listened to other people's advice and their advice was twofold. And you may be hearing this too. Let me know if this is what you're hearing. And the first one was just stay busy. And I remember thinking, with what? What do you want me to stay busy with? You know, you can only go out with your friends so many times. And then I had my career and my my house, but there was such a void there. Stay busy with what? And the other advice I was given was go reinvent yourself. And I remember standing in the kitchen. This is after packing up the house, bringing him up to Plattsburgh College, getting him settled in, dealing with the emotions, coming home. And days later, it didn't happen right away. It was like days later, I remember standing in the kitchen and I couldn't move. I just stood there as if there was like glue under my feet. I was like, what do I do? 
it's so quiet. Like I don't have 250 meatballs to make for Friday night. I don't have to go out in the garage and see what's going on with him and his friends. I don't have to monitor like grades or college applications or any of that stuff anymore. Like, what do I do? And when people say, well, just go reinvent yourself. I was standing there with my arms up going, starting with what? Where do I start in reinventing myself? And I'm, I want to be totally transparent with you. And as you know, I always am with you. Is that I took the time to literally go in nature and just get some quiet time because there were a lot, I have been in this emptiness space for nine years. And I believe I've learned a lot in nine years. I've learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my son. I learned a lot about how to navigate this so that it is rewarding and not so heavy and sad. But here's what I want you to know is that I don't have it all figured out. I still cry when I leave Texas. I can cry telling you that. Like I I cry when I leave my son. I miss him. I repeat the cycles that I'm going to share with you today, but here's what's changed for me. And that's why I'm so passionate about giving you these lessons. And obviously it's up to you to do what you want with them. But the reason I want to do that is because I know what's on the other side. I've experienced it. Now I'm on the other side of it. It still shows up. I still climb over that mountain every time I go to Texas, but I also am reminded very quickly of what's on the other side of it, what's available to me, which shortens the suffering. And it's much shorter. So these nine years, what I'm going to share with you today is kind of like the before and afters, like the before and then what I learned. It's a cheat sheet that you can use to shorten your learning curve, like your suffering, so that you can experience more of the fun, more of the opportunities that are in front of you. I look at these three that I've highlighted. And the reason I chose these three is because not only did they cause a lot of suffering in my life, but they caused suffering in my client's life. And what I want to share with you is suffering. Sometimes we think of suffering, we can kind of think of depression, and anxiety, right? Like that's suffering, deep pain, that's suffering. But suffering is also in the form of loneliness, fear, confusion, that's suffering as well. And that's what we're going to address today so that you can get on the other side a little bit faster. And when I think about these three as well, it's opposite of what really we're conditioned to believe. And we resist it because we're going with the conditioning. And in that resistance, it creates even more pain. So I'm just going to be totally transparent with you, let you know what the before is and what I learned in these three areas. And the first one is the knowing that missing them is okay. I learned that missing him is okay. Before I learned that, I was resisting it, judging it, or playing victim. And what I mean by that is in resisting it, I was fearing the pain. Like I wasn't supposed to miss him. Like he's a big boy. I was really fearing the pain of experiencing it. So I kept really busy. 
And then at moments I would, throughout these nine years, I would judge it. I would shame myself and say, well, at least he's healthy and happy. You know, you know, other parents have experienced the loss of their child. You should just be grateful. So I would really shame myself. And then this is the part I'm not so proud of, but this is, I'm being real with you here, is that I, I even played victim at times. I would endure the pain of missing him, but then I would compare my pain. I would compare my pain to parents who had more kids at home. I'd see on social media, for instance, people were like, oh, like Susie went off to college and like, you know, they're all upset. And I'm like, you got three more kids at home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if my suffering is more because I have one and everything just stopped all at one time, right? Like, so I was like just playing this victim role. Like, seriously? You know, you have no idea. Like I was really playing into it. So that was the before because I was thinking that I wasn't supposed to miss him. He was like, he was grown up and I was just supposed to be a big girl and deal with this and allow him to be an adult. So there was a lot of resistance, judgment and playing victim. But here's what I learned. Missing him is okay. And allowing yourself to feel the feels. Even though it feels really, really crappy, it does feel crappy. Feel the loneliness. Feel the fear. The fear maybe of them not needing you. Feel missing the community, the parents, the kids. Allowing yourself to feel the feels. And then talking to yourself and recognizing that you are your own safety net. You are so powerful. You have everything inside you right now. You have everything inside you to create that safety net that you allowed yourself to feel the feels. And now you can say, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay for this moment. I might have another moment. But as you keep allowing it and stop, you know, resisting, judging and playing victim for as long as maybe I have done it, you will get to the other side a lot faster. And now I still say, well, he's healthy and happy, but I do it from a state of total gratitude. There's no shame in it. It is like, I feel incredibly blessed, but allowing yourself to feel the feels will help you to cycle through this faster. So missing them is okay. The second one, and let me tell you, as a woman who coaches other women like you through discovery, because it is like a passion of mine, because I know how it changed my life. So I am so passionate. This is something that maybe others wouldn't say, but I'm going to be honest with you. Self-discovery is scary. It is scary. So that's number two. We're supposed to believe that we're supposed to go on this beautiful trail of reinvention and discovery and creation. No, it's freaking scary. And I have to say that sometimes I had to ask myself, am I missing him or am I afraid of the unknown? If that's you, I just want you to know you're not alone because before I had a lot of questions. I thought like, I think I know myself. So if I know myself, what if this is it for me? 
Or I would fear like kind of like the boogeyman in the closet. Like, I don't want to go on this path of self-discovery because what will I find? I don't know if I want to uncover anything. And I don't really know how to focus on myself. You know, my focus, especially as a single parent, like my focus was him. Yes, I had a career and I had friends and I had things that I did for fun. But let's face it, our kids were a really big focus of our lives, right? So when you don't know how to focus on yourself, guilt can come into play and you may feel like, God, isn't this selfish? You may be asking yourself that question and like, what will people think if I start evolving, if I don't look like that woman, like that mom? So there's a lot of avoidance and discomfort and guilt in this whole discovery that we're meant to go on in the second half of our life. But here's what I learned. Where there were a lot of questions before, I learned there's so many answers. And nine years later, and this didn't take nine years, but in a short period of time, I learned, I began learning, I should say. I'm continuing to learn. I'm on this path. This is a journey. Like you never arrive you just continue to unwrap and unwrap. And it's pretty freaking fun, to be honest with you. But I know who I am now, not with my titles as mom, football mom, empty nester, like not as titles, but I know who I am as a woman at my soul level. I know who I am and I know who I am becoming what matters to me, my interests, even my calling. And that's what shifted me from a 22-year financial career to a coaching calling. And the other thing that it did for me on this discovery is that although I have a beautiful circle of friends, I have you, I have so many people in my orbit that I absolutely love, but this journey has allowed me to be a best friend to myself. I trust myself more. I respect myself more. I honor myself more. I'm present. I believe in her. It's a whole different relationship with myself now. And that's what happens in this discovery phase. So that's what you get to unwrap on the other side is what's inside you. And I promise, I don't care what age you are, 40s, 50s, 60s, or beyond. You have seed inside you. There's something in your soul level. So the discovery process is more of what's on the inside versus how we were conditioned to look on the outside for our happiness, for our comfort, for our peace. And now you get to do it for yourself. And it's, if you've done it in the past, it's rediscovering again now. Or like me, I feel like that was the first time that I've ever done it. I've ever really looked inside my soul and unwrapped what was there. So I hear you. I see you. Self-discovery is scary, but there's something beautiful on the other side. And the third is a belief that many of us have that there's not a place for us. Like we don't make a difference. Like they're on their own. They don't need us. But I have to say, what I've learned is I still make a difference. You 
still make a difference in their life. And here's what I mean by that. Because before we made a difference by like kind of navigating their life, right? Like every time they went into a new stage, whether it was kindergarten, middle school, high school, dating, sports, uh, driving, their first heartbreak, these were all new stages for them. And we navigated with them. We stood at the bottom of the stairs every morning and help them navigate their day because our goal was to keep them safe or limit their suffering from disappointments, heartbreaks, insecurities, and, you know, help them to become more confident, inspire their growth, you know, keep them on a good path, air quote, good path, right? Like that was what we were doing for them. We were making a difference by navigating their life. And here we stand in this empty nesting and going, well, he doesn't need me anymore. He doesn't need me to navigate his life. Like he's on his own up there. Like he decides if he's going to go to class or not, right? Like that type of thing. So that's the before feeling. And you may be feeling like, oh, she or he doesn't need me anymore. But here's what I've learned. We continue to make a difference. And of course, we know that consciously. We do know that without anything that I'm going to share with you. But I'm going to share with you because this is a conversation I've had with my son that he has like actually given me feedback on. And in that discovery, I am on my life journey based on what I'm called to from my soul level, not to because I should. I should do this because he won't worry, or I should do this so that he's inspired, or I should do this, like, da, da, da. like, no, 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 no. I am not doing that anymore. I lived a lot of my life like that. I don't do it from that standpoint. But we have the opportunity. We make a difference by how we navigate our life now, how you navigate your life how we grow from it, because just like they had changes in their life and they entered new stages, here we are. We're in a new stage of life and they get to witness, they get to mirror us on how you respond to it, how I respond to it. I get to model for him and make a difference. See, what I've learned in a conversation that I had with Dylan, one of the gifts, I guess, I indirectly gave him. And let me tell you, he sees me cry. He sees me cry. Like I turn my head when I leave to go to the airport at Texas, or sometimes I cry in front of him. Like I don't want to hide it. Like I also, I try not to burden him at the same time. I make my desires known and I respect his decisions. So we can have a whole podcast on that, creating an adult relationship, because this is a new relationship that you have with your child. It's very, very different. But it's wonderful all at the same time. But one of the things that he said to me is like, you don't make your happiness my responsibility. I was like, wow, he does pay attention. Like, it's hard because I have to be honest with you. There's times when I'm like, you know, I just want to tell him how sad I am and how much I miss him. And, you know, I'm feeling bad. And I just, you know, like indirectly, like maybe hoping that he's going to comfort me. And that's what he said to me. He goes, you don't make your happiness, my responsibility. And in that, we know consciously, it's no one's responsibility to make us happy. It's our, that's our work, right? That's our work. And that's why 
the inner work is the most important in our state of happiness because we're conditioned that it's on the outside. So when the outside changes like this empty nesting, holy crap hits the fan. But that's what I'm here to share with you today. When you start going from the inside out, you recognize you have your own safety net. You recognize you unwrap what is next for you. And in that, you create this adult relationship with your child, recognizing that you still make a difference. They are modeling. They, are, they become adults. And in their adulting, they get to model you in that. They get to take pieces of that with them. So I hope that I shared something with you today that resonated with you. The mountain can seem like you can be standing in front of the mountain going, holy crap, how am I going to climb this? I feel kind of sad. I feel kind of empty. I feel lost. What I'm sharing with you today, based on what I've learned over this journey that I've taken, and like I said, what my clients have shared with me and my circle have shared with me, there's something on the other side of it. And the purpose of sharing this cheat sheet with you is for you to recognize you're not alone because it can feel very lonely and you can feel shameful for feeling sad. You're not alone. We're sisterhood here. That's what we're here for is to walk with you to the other side of the mountain. So let's recap here. Let's recap with some takeaways. One, missing your child is okay. Allowing yourself to feel the feels without judgment, without playing victim, shortens the suffering. Two, self-discovery is scary. You're right. It is scary. Your doubts and fears are so normal, yet the unwrapping of you is freaking magical. And three, you still make a difference. So contrary to what we always thought, right, as moms... We always thought they didn't listen, but they actually do pay attention. And I'm here to say nine years later that they still pay attention. You continue to make an impact in their life by how you live yours. My fellow mom, empty nest mom, no matter how you're feeling at this moment, the next moment is waiting for you. She's your best friend. She's inspired. She's more confident. She's adventurous. She's whole. She's you. So with that, if you're an empty nester and you want to know how to navigate through this phase with more ease, DM me or send me an email, lynda at lindaannbarber.com. Share this with a friend because if you have a takeaway from this, your friends that are going through the same process will too. So you can be part of this movement by sharing it. Until next time, much love. My beautiful sister, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more of it on a daily basis, I encourage you to come join us over in Facebook in the lab, the home of the second half sisterhood, where we have 1300 women just like you in the community. We're having fun and we'd love to have you part of it. Look for the link in the show notes. We'll see you over there.